Let's keep that. I I'm serious. <laughs> Don't delete that. <laughs> huh. What about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard on who they wanna be now. <laughs> what about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard on who they wanna be now. <laughs> what about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard on who they wanna be now. What about Ebound? Everybody walking like me now. Everybody talking like me now. Heard on who they wanna be now. Whack, whack, damn shit, killer. Watch I got holes in the dinner. I ain't been home in a minute. What? I ain't never seen no ceiling. Mm. Come a guy, yeah, he nailing. Yeah. Audio, I'm top billing. Yeah. All of my boys dope dealing. What? Super whack, I'm no villain. Mm. Nigga try to take my flow. Who the hell he think Welcome back, everybody, to Jeff versus the World Presents, a Lovecraft Country review. And this is episode number four. And like always, I got my girl Tiff here. How's it going? Hey, everybody. Happy Wednesday. We doing it on time this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the first time <laughs> that we are <laughs> on time like we should be. But before we get started with episode number four, there is something that Tiffany would like to talk about that we may have missed in episode three. Yes. And I'm going to keep it brief because y'all know we like to talk, but I'm going to keep it brief and I need to write this wrong. Um, there was a there was a scene, just going to get right to it, um, at the housewarming party that the four young children were playing with the Ouija board. Um, and, you know, Diana, of course, was Hippolyta, Uncle George's daughter. Um, there were three other children with them. Um, the one that I want to call attention to is the young guy named Bobo. And if anybody knows history, anybody understands this story, um, that is supposed to be a representation of Emmett Till. Um, and if you guys know any history in about 1955, um, what happened, um, I'm not going to go into a story and you guys need to read that for yourselves. But in this, ep in that scene, um, Bobo or Emmett Till, um, asked the Ouija board, am I going to have fun on my upcoming trip? And he's, the Ouija board says no. And, um, I'm going to let J Jeff talk real briefly, but I don't, when I read that and, um, and I like to go behind and read other people's commentary about the episodes as well and listen to what other people take from the episodes. And when I thought back, I was like, I saw the episode, that scene and didn't even recognize it for what it was. And it took me back last night reading that and like being like, this series is so much more important than we understand and salute to Misha Green and her team and you know being able to reflect that Emmett Till at this point even in reality was just a young boy having fun in his native Chicago so I want you guys if you didn't pay attention to it go back and look at it um gonna touch a little bit more on him in episode four but I definitely wanted to just touch bases on that really quick before we deep dive um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I thought you were gonna be talking about something else, and I totally missed that. Yeah, and that's uh, why I didn't want to tell you before the show because I wanted that that reaction that I had last night, like "oh shit." So if you missed it, definitely go back. Yeah, I definitely missed it. I feel like now I want to go back and actually uh, watch that episode over again, at least that part, that scene, or whatever. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to do that when we uh. 
finish recording because I can't believe I missed that. Like the yeah. timing and everything. I'm like, huh, okay. Yeah, it was a shocker for me to read it. I was like, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can move on to episode four. Cool. So um, this one, it was entitled A History of Violence. Um, so I think a lot of the titles are poignant in themselves. Um, this one, I would definitely say, was the Indiana Jones um, episode. Um, Absolutely. Shout out to Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's all I was thinking watching it. I feel like, you know, from the very beginning with, you know, the the research that was done and before they even went on their quest, this was the, the Indiana Jones um, episode. But, um, again, I'm still going to stick with it and say episode three up to this point. Last week is still my favorite, but this was a pretty good episode. I don't, I don't think any of them are bad. Um, I just think this was one of those, those. I, I don't want to say filler. I will say more like a background episode. Would you agree? Like to give us a little bit more. I'm glad you said that because that's what I was initially thinking. This episode was going to be a filler episode, but um, what it seems like to me is they're making it uh strategic that epi- every episode matters. Um, even if it's just small details. And I think this episode had a lot of things that were like little nuggets for the big story or more things to come out. So yeah. while, you know, if you want to call it filler, fine, but I just feel like this episode is going to be important maybe to the next episode or maybe episode six, you know what I'm saying? But you can go back and be like, Oh, I remember that from episode four. So right. um, yeah, they're doing a really good job of making every episode count and mean something. Um, yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, and every every episode, I think we spoke briefly on it. I think every episode kind of ties little pieces tied to each other. And um, just like just briefly talking about episode three again, um, it makes you go back and look at the episodes you saw before. Like, wait a minute. Oh, that makes sense. You know, so I really enjoy those kind of um, what did it call Easter eggs um, throughout the, the episodes that kind of say, well, this makes sense because you saw this previous or you're about to see this. So good job again to the series hand clap to them. Um, but let's get right into it. Um, we kind of <laughs> get into a scene with Montrose. Um, I guess he, he got some demons and I'm not sure if we're going to, deep dive into his story per se but i think we have enough to kind of understand that he he's going through some mental things um dealing with uncle george death um i think there's some slight paranoia in there there's some slight conspiracy theory just some things that he's drowning in um alcohol oh yeah totally yeah so it's like you see him I'm having a mental breakdown at this point. You, if you listen really good, you can hear him, uh, I guess, thinking about uh, when his father was beating him when he was young and said, yep. go get the switch. So I think he just got a whole lot of shit he dealing with. And the alcohol don't make it any better. So Yeah, and then on top of that, you're losing your brother. So it, it, it's a lot. And, you know, not excusing the violence and the things that he has done in the past and abuse. But I feel like everyone has a story and, and, and certain things make people who they are. 
Um, but in that scene, we see that clearly the book that Uncle George had found, um, the bylaws um, in regards to this, this um, Sons of Adam's um, group, um, he clearly had given two Montrose. And Montrose, we're, we're given the impression, and we'll learn later in, the, in this episode, that it is true that he has read this, I guess, front to back. Um, and it kind of hones in on one particular phrase at the beginning of the book, and that'll, again, come in later in the episode. But then we see, we hear Uncle George's voice telling him, protect Tick, you know, last thing that he has. And then we see Montrose burn the book, which in anybody watching a movie, a TV show, you know that's not a good thing. Like, you don't burn, like, the basically the rule book of this group, but, you know... In his moment, Montrose feel, figured, I guess, that that was what the best thing to do at that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, we we go to um, what I, I I find it funny that they chose Rihanna as the um, Christina soundtrack, but I guess it's appropriate because she's like running things as far as everybody's concerned, I guess, behind the scenes, her, her um, dad is gone now, the leader of sons of Adam. Um, so she riding down the street to bitch better have my money. She, uh, she seems more, uh, I want to say running things, but she wants to run things. I think she, I think she has a small, I don't want to say small. She has power. She does yeah, have power. But I think she wants, you know, the whole thing because later on you'll see that it's tough being a woman as far as, you know, I mean, in that time for a black woman or a white woman, it, it was just tough being a woman. And you can tell how men treat her and the things they say to her. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. And, and as a woman, it's definitely that's kind of like the theme song, you know, like when that came out, like, you know, don't play with me. <laughs> you know, give me what what's owed to me. So right. I thought it was appropriate for her to have that that soundtrack at that point. Um, but she is going to actually Letty's house. We find out, and I guess this is I don't know if it's the same day, maybe the next day after um, Tick had confronted her in the realtor's office with the gun that clearly was a failure. Um, <laughs> but I found it interesting that when she went to like <laughs> kind of. Um, I don't want to say bully, but I guess so. Like Letty, when Letty opened the door, she couldn't get in the house. And we saw those same symbols kind of like come up around the door frame. And I guess Hiram Winthrop, which was the original owner that stole these papers that she's looking for, I I would assume that he put these wards on the house um, so that the um, Braithwites couldn't get into the house, which I thought was was the I thought it was the um the exorcist lady they brought there. No, if you if you again, like I said, you can have to watch episodes again. If you look at it, it's the same symbols that start glowing when the elevator went down on episode three. Mm -hmm. Those same symbols are around the door frame. Because remember, Winthrop and Brave White, their legacies, they started all of this together. So they all have that sorcery and, and capabilities, kind of like when Christina kept them in their, their rooms at the mansion. Mm-hmm. 
it's the same kind of wards. If you look at it again, it's not the, I, and I thought that too, because you see the red X of blood. Yeah. But there's also different symbols there. Okay. So I was clearly wrong in what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but um, I thought that was interesting. And again, it kind of, you know, ties in everything that this clearly has been a, a, a very long standing feud between the Winthrops and the Brave Whites um, stealing pieces of this. Um, the book of names that's the book um that these people stole pages out of um but anyway so christina of course throws it in letty's face about tick trying to shoot her and you know he need to get himself under control but the real the real kicker was that um christina has showed up to get the ori which is a mechanical representation of the planets and again, going back to episode three, there was a scene where Hippolyta went into a room when she was looking for Diana, and we see this Ori, um, and she kind of, like, touches it. Now, my question to you, Jeff, is how did she get that big thing out of the house without anybody saying anything? Because remember, this was the cross burning night as well. So you, you... I was... You really want me to give you an answer that I don't have an answer to? Because I'm like, <laughs> how, how are we moving this? How's nobody saying, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, did she take it out after the whole, after Letty got arrested? It, it, that I'm not going to say it's a, a, a plot hole, but it was just interesting that, you know, we find out that really Hippolyta took it out the house. Um, and that's what Christina is looking for. So we know it's important. Um, we don't know why just yet, but the fact that she's looking for it, we need to keep an eye on it. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is when, after Christina leaves, of course, Letty is upset at the fact that, you know, Christina showed up at her house. So she hunts down Tick, which of course he's at the library and another, you know, actual factual thing just to see that they're truly with segregated libraries. Um, I don't know how many people truly visit libraries anymore, but the fact that every single aspect of our life was separated at this time, like it was just, I won't say it was a duplicate representation because clearly it was a, a very small building, but just the fact that segregation even goes as far as books is just. Yeah, it's jarring if you're watching <laughs> it at a younger age right now. I could you'd be like, whoa, right. really? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Letty finally finds Tick in the in the library. She's like, "You got this psycho white bitch showing up in my house, <laughs> and you tried to kill her. What? You ain't gonna tell nobody." And so you can definitely tell that Letty and um, Tick are not in a honeymoon phase at this point. Um, again, I know a lot of stuff went down, but at this point, they're just not clicking. So they kind of like in hush, talking to each other and. She sees his bag, and she's like, and you get ready to leave again? So, clearly this is a habit of tick. Um, uh, I, he's, but he's not leaving. He said, I'm not going away until any, I know y'all safe. Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> um, if she hadn't came to that library, I don't know how long tick would have been in Chicago. That's my, that's what I'm saying. Um. I, I, yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna beat you over the head with that. But I. I mean, we can only go for what he just said right there because he's still trying to find out exactly what's going on. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna play nice tick right now. Anyway, 
So, you know, um, Letty and Tick go back and forth, and then, you know, eventually Tick, you know, tells her what he's researching, and he's basically trying to find these missing pages that Christina mentioned to him as well, you know, and being able to read the book of names in full, imagine the possibilities, blah, blah, blah. So Tick has been researching Titus, um, that the, the, what was it, the original... Um, I guess Sons of Adam that um, he hid his his papers in his vault and so Letty convinces him like you need to talk to your dad you need you need to um, figure out what's going on and you need to bring us all a part of it so Tick is like it's a lost cause but eventually they meet up at the bar and I guess it's the only bar because this is the bar that everybody goes to um, and so he sits with Montrose and Letty are sitting there and you can tell Montrose is like, you need to just drop this. You need to stop talking about it. Um, and you can see tick, tick, you know, his, um, that look of like, I told you, I don't even know why we came here, blah, blah, blah. And then Montrose kind of like makes it slip. He was like, you already got one lodge against us. You want all 34 against us. And Letty and Tick are like, how you know it's 34? And he was like, it, it don't matter. So clearly we, we know that he has studied this group. Like, he knows a little bit more than he's telling Tick and Letty. Mm-hmm. And so after a, a tense, tense moment, I, you know, kind of like, again, two gladiators bumping heads. They're, they're both stubborn, so clearly they're alike, whether that's his biological father or not. At this point, you could definitely tell the similarities um and it looks like you know the plan has failed or tick is gonna go back on his own but montrose finally speaks up and goes you know i think i know what his vault is and um we later find out that they're going to a museum in boston so (laughs) i'm gonna go to the the brief christina scene um before we get back to our main characters um, where we learn a little bit more about this Ori. Um, clearly, the sheriff don't like that Christina is still in town, and I don't know if he's a part of oh. the Sons of Adam. He doesn't like that she came in unannounced. Right. Because <laughs> I think they are part of the same organization, I think. Yeah, they have to be, because uh, they brought up her, her dad. And like I was initially saying... He don't fuck with women, and she and he's pretty much told her it doesn't matter <clears throat> what you do, you know it's not gonna be good enough. Yeah, and she, you know, shot back at him and said, "Oh, did I miss your um, induction into the Sons of Adam?" So clearly, they're both outsiders, but he considers himself best, like you know, just said because he's a man. He got next and- up. And, you know, we might be outsiders, but I'm still better or higher than you because you're a woman. So, but we do find out that this Ori that she's looking for is actually Tyron Winthrop's um, time travel machine. So, we're back to the sci-fi aspect of Lovecraft Country in the sense that we now know that Hippolyta has it. And she's very into, you know, planets and solar systems. So that's her geeky nerd side, you know. And I, I appreciate that every 
black person on the show has that kind of aspect to them and something that they really love sci-fi horror you know you know all that stuff so I, I really appreciate giving us a little bit of that character development with everyone um but we know that it's a time travel machine so at this point we're like okay what does that mean for Hippolyta but I'm it, sure we're gonna get to that you know it well We'll get there, but basically, it starts to feel like she she's gonna play a bigger role than I think we all initially thought from the beginning. It ain't gonna be yeah. no "oh, woe is me" type shit. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think, and I think that's a great aspect of it because it makes all the side characters non side characters. If that makes sense, like you have to watch everybody's yeah. story. Everybody like, got a story. So yeah. that's good because usually if you were watching in this, any other type of film or TV show, that character would eventually fade out. Yeah. She would just be the worried wife that she knows something is wrong, but since nobody's talking to her, she just go about her mm-hmm. own life. And that's not Hippolyta nope. <laughs> at all. <laughs> so now I would say we get to the fun place of road trip. So oh I think this was a comic relief scene. This is uncomfortable. Um, it felt uncomfortable to me. <laughs> I, I I laughed because Montrose and Tick and Letty and Letty and Tick fighting, trying to put the bags in the car, and then out of nowhere, Hippolyta and Diana come out, and Montrose is like, "I didn't invite them." Like, <laughs> got all scared. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> what you want me to do? Is stay a car? And it was so funny, that dynamic, that father-son dynamic, because Tick just looked at him and said, get in the car. Like, like even though he's the son, it's like, he's still like, boy, you pissing me off, daddy. <laughs> like, so they get in the car, and of course Hippolyta can see some tension, but she don't say nothing. As, as a smart black woman, most of us observe, but we don't have to speak on everything. So she knows that there's something going on. And let it give her a beautiful smile. Like, no, you know, it's great. We're going on the road together. Cut that off. Out of nowhere, your boy, Jeff. Okay, before, all right, let me say this before you get started. Because <laughs> I said it to somebody. And I, I'm, okay, the character of Tree, he has to be playing a role in all of this for some reason. Because he's always fucking that there. Was, <laughs> that was my statement. I was like, I was going, I wrote a note about him and everything. I was like, why is he everywhere? Is he like a spy or I'm just like, yo, who why is he there? <laughs> like he he like, you know, you know in those um old fantasy stories like the nymph and the you know the fairy that's in the background controlling everything. Oh and shit. I'm like, he's got to be some I don't know if he's connection to Christina or not, but He's just everywhere. And for right now, I'll just say he's a comic relief. because you're He just is like, goofy. He's just he, a big goof. Because <laughs> you're like, okay, here come Tree again. What he got to say. So basically, um, Hippolyta said, yeah, you can get in too. And so everybody looking at each other like, um, we got to go do some things. We got a whole, this is not a real family trip. I hope y'all know this. <laughs> like, but you, we know what's funny about that scene. They were in the back saying, I didn't invite him. And you know what I'm saying? And they were like arguing and she kind of peeped it and was like, nah, you come on, you get a ride. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Hippolyta knows something. She's been knowing something since, I, I would guess maybe now, month now, since they came back. Like, Y'all, okay, y'all lied to me. 
And I don't know whether to be mad or not, because clearly she saw the body, but she just don't know what else happened. I, can, and, can, I, can I throw out a theory here? Go ahead. Hippolyta is not, no, Hippolyta is knowledgeable of things, and I think they're underestimating her. I think that's what it's coming down to. And eventually she's going to be like, you don't think I know about wizards and all this? You know, I was married to George. So I, I think it's eventually it's going to come out. She's going to say it. And, you know, it's going to be that thing of all y'all had to do is be honest with me because I know about this world or whatever. But go ahead. Yeah. And, and again, always keep track of everybody's storyline because you just never know. And the reason I say that is because um, we want to talk about Ruby. Um, <laughs> clearly, Ruby is going through something right now. Um, I won't say she unemployed. She's a, a artist, you know, playing at the bar. Um, but we could clearly tell this was her off night. Um, and... <laughs> I love the line with, you know, nobody clap for her. She was like, well, fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ruby don't really care. <laughs> Yo, I couldn't stop laughing. I was, I got laughing like two minutes of that sick. I was like, yo, that was some real shit right there. Like y'all ain't got to love me. And that's fine. <laughs> and so, you know, we then see um, our young guy, blonde hair, blue eyed savior, <laughs> I guess. Um, we see that he's buying her a drink at the end of the bar. And so we're like, oh, shit. When they show up, it's never good. So, you know, he comes over, and of course, in that time and place, and probably today's atmosphere, too, somebody drunk, buy you drinks. First thing is a woman is like, don't even think about it. We're not fucking. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as you can see with that, that, race aspect you know of course ruby is like y'all white boys come over to the dark side for this you know which is we all know is probably evident the forbidden fruit as they say um but um william makes a point a statement of saying you know i can change your life and it's a promise i can keep so it kind of intrigues ruby and we see this little stare down and she kind of says stop looking at me like that because we ain't fucking well dun 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 <laughs> they mm. stop fucking um, and it, it's another intense sexual moment. They hey, run into the door. <laughs> can I ask you a question? Uh, go ahead. And I'm being totally honest with you. How did they get out their clothes so fast? Did you? Well, they that? technically didn't get out their clothes. Was it magic? Um, his pants were still on. He just dropped them. She ripped his shirt off, and he kind of, I guess, her dress. If you unzip it, once it, it came down. Oh like, no, no, so. no, no! I you, you making it sound too easy. I just remember that camera turning, and they were just like naked. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. I mean, it, it could be magic, but at the same time, I think when you passionate and in the moment. Oh, they definitely were in know, the moment. Yeah, um, I think a lot of stuff come off, and you don't realize that it came off that fast and where it's at, where you know where it lands. So, you know. That could be magic, or it could just be, you know, human nature. <laughs> but either way, I will say the only thing that didn't even give her pause was when she um, knocked over a vase and it broke, um, cut her hand, and he sucked her blood. I, I can't say that that's a sexual turn on for me, but I get in the moment if they were so intense, that was just like another bonding thing. No, but, ew. no, you. 
<laughs> don't be trying to. Don't be trying to. That's some old Jeffrey Dahmer psycho killer shit. No, fuck that. Ew. I'm just saying, you know, in the moment, they just and they didn't even get to the bedroom. They was on the steps. Um, the one thing, the only, the biggest takeaway that I will say from this is when we look, they the camera goes and looks at William laying on the steps, and there's a mock that's on his chest. Um. It almost looks like a circle and then two wavy lines or maybe antlers. I'm not sure, but I'll, I'm thinking that's a build-up to something. I'm not sure, um, but we will get to that. Um, oh, we didn't mention him uh, whooping the two cops' ass that was supposed to be scoping him. That's the scene that I was getting ready to get to. Oh, I thought it happened before See, that. Not, well, yeah, it was a date, but I needed to talk about Ruby because we were talking about side characters. I got you. So. All right. It's it's all it's a process. It's a method to my madness. I swear. <laughs> but yes, prior to this whole sex scene, because a lot of scenes are going back to back, back and forth. So you, it's it's chronologically happening at the same time. Um, but prior to William meeting up to Ruby, um, and I guess this was after Christina saw the sheriff. Um, two of his men followed her to her house. And we see her walk in the house and then around the bush, here comes William, which is, I guess, kind of like her bodyguard. And he <laughs> walks casually across the, the um, street and one of the guys are getting out of the car and he's like, gentlemen, and he gives him a kick to the door <laughs> that sends him flailing black back. I don't think they expected no, they him didn't. to come out fighting like that. That was some damn, this is Spartan shit. <laughs> he was like, gentlemen. <laughs> So, we all white. Um, it's all love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. And William, William fought him all day. I don't even think he unbuttoned his suit. Nope, just his uh, hair got <laughs> out of place. Hair went out of place just a little bit. <laughs> and you know, he was just he leaned over them, and he was like, "Christina does not like to be followed." Now, Jeff, I want to throw a theory out there since you threw a theory out there. Are you listening? Yeah, I'm listening. What if Christina and William are the same people? We never see them together. I don't like you right now. <laughs> they don't be thinking that. I thought about it. And I said, and myself said, hmm. And I said, how come we don't Oh. Go ahead. You got you, got you, you? Nah, you ain't fucked me up now. Because I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about the makeup of him. Of, the yeah, hair. the blonde hair. The, the blue, eyes. blue eyes. And... Maybe that mark has something to do with him or her changing it to man. I mean, oh, God. Thanks a lot. Thanks. You're welcome. I love <laughs> I love to do it. <laughs> but, yes, so that made me think because if you go back to that scene, it kind of hinted at that, too, because you see Christina walk in, and then it is Big Bush, and then William comes. And we've never seen them in the one place together. Oh, man. Yeah, you fucked me up right now. <laughs> so that takes you to this Ruby when when after William beats the two men up and says, I'm late for a date. Um, is that really Christina going to see Ruby? Hmm. hmm. Stay tuned, people. Like I told y'all, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. You just you, you I never feel know like I feel like this is gonna be your greatest one. I feel like that's gonna be the right one. That's gonna be the one. I, I just, you know, hey, you know, I'm just saying. 
Um, so after that lovely night affair, we catch back up to our main characters who are now in Boston in the museum. And of course, you know, Hippolyta and Diana are excited to look at the planetarium and the solar system. So they kind of go on their own and say, you know, we'll meet back in three hours. And Letty and Tick are, you know, looking at the maps and um, Montrose is like, I know the security guard. I see him over there. He's going to let us in. I need to go talk to him. So he walks off. And so here comes big old tree again. <laughs> so again, your, your theory might be right, Jeff, that he's just a part of this. We just don't know. But for right now, he's just a comic relief. Um, he walks up behind him talking about, do they got dinosaurs? Uh, <laughs> clearly, Tick and Letty have nothing to say to him. Oh, especially Letty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I'm getting to that because um, Tick kind of walks off um, and Letty proceeds to get ready to walk off from Tree. And he was like, hey, you want to know why they call me Tree? And the old little joke, you know, everybody got two legs, but I got Tree. <laughs> so, you know, Letty looks at him like, if I could ram you into this wall. And she makes a comment of saying, I guess I should already know that, right? Since we fucked in high school. And so we now go back to episode three when Tree was trying to make it to Tick, like, you know, me and her used to get down in high school, but we all know the truth now that she was a virgin. So clearly Tick, you know, let her know what Tree has said, and she called him Seymour. So Ooh. we know that his name is Seymour at this point. Um, so again, don't know his story in this, but I guess we need to look out for that as well. Please, no more tree. <laughs> so, so after Tree understood that clearly Tick told him about that comment, excuse me, told Letty about that comment, he finds Tick, and Tick is at this point looking and searching, um, you know, kind of for any hints of where this vault might be that Titus created. And Tree kind of makes a hint, and he goes, you know, um, I guess like a jab about Montrose, long story short, potentially being gay um, because he hangs out at the bar. And if you remember from episode one, when um, Tick went to go to the bar, he found the owner behind the building. Yeah, Sammy. Some, yeah, Sammy getting some head um, by, not, by a non-female. Um, so I think at this point, Tree kind of puts that bug in um, Tick's ear, like, you know, Montrose and Sammy is really close since you've been gone. Um, wonder what's going on with that. So now we got this layer to Montrose where we kind of go back to the beginning scene, like, um, what was going on? Is that what he's drinking away too? So Wait, again, but the can character we be development. Can we believe Tree? He lies on his dick, so we can't believe what Tree say. Yeah, but it all once you hear something, he that's all he wanted was to just put that that buzzing in his ear, just like most people do when they butt hurt and they, you know, you you messed up my chances. I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up your day. I don't know, but it it could explain a lot. Okay, you know. Because let's be real, homosexuality didn't just pop up. So even back then, 1955, you know, a black man could have been gay. We don't know. And then that caused him to be 
mentally frustrated. And that could also explain why he beat on Tick so much because trying to uh, beat the manhood and show that he a man. Yeah, whatever. That masculinity. Yeah, that's some silly shit. But okay, go ahead. But you understand that concept. No, no, I understand that concept, but I'm just saying just those times in the 50s and all that stuff, I understand that, that was super taboo. And only now in 2020, you know, we starting to kind of kind of break away those chains of, you know, it, you know, just being normal and love, do what you want to do. But then I can understand, you know, white or black or whatever you were and you, you know, having to hide it and because of how people were and you know, people were trash. But yeah, go yeah, ahead. And they still are. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I would say it's a lot better, but it's not 100% better. So just imagine that time frame yeah so you may be right that he could be you know that's another thing of mantras of always drinking and you know that could be another layer that's like uh you know i don't know i want to be myself but i can't and whatever Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah and that's why i said the character development there's actually background stories these aren't filler characters you know like you see some tv shows or movies that it's just like man a man b but these are people that actually have their own stories right um so montrose comes back and of course tick is looking at him like how you how you know that man how you know the security guard again you know because now this this thought is in his head and he's like at the bar like what and montrose like are we gonna do this or not (laughs) you know what i'm saying so we we see a, a quick moment um, also of Hippolyta and Diana kind of bonding, looking at the comments. And, you know, again, I think it's just a quick reference to show how much love that Hippolyta has for the solar system, the galaxy, you know, that kind of aspect. So I really think that's going to definitely play um, a part, especially now that she has the time travel machine that everybody wants. And she's not even aware of it at this point. And I want to quickly um, touch on that part, too, as far as before we get into the actual quest, because what I mentioned at the beginning of this review, as far as the Emmett Till section um, and the the reverence that that character should be given, there was also a short scene in this episode. And again, Jeff, you may have to go back and look at it um, prior to the road trip we see that Hippolyta has clearly bought this um, mechanical planetarium to the travel guide headquarters. And she's looking at it and she's talking to her dad on the phone about it. And, you know, they're talking about two sons and how does it work and she can't get it to move. But we see Diana come briefly and say, Bobo wants to show me something. Now, Now, I can't remember what it was. It was something in the neighborhood or whatever. And she was like, y'all be nice to each other. And you see Bobo says, yes, ma'am. And he puts a hat on. And it's another, oh, you know, nod to Emmett Till as far as this summer pre- prior to him going down south, he was just a young boy enjoying his summer. And I thought it was, you know, of course, I'm now watching going forward. I'm going to be watching every episode to see if he's in it or anybody else historically. But I just, again, a nod to this creative team for the series to put that as a nod to this boy, like his humanity, that he was still just a boy enjoying his summer before everything went on. Right. So, um, 
after all of this fun stuff at the museum, um, of course, it's nighttime and we see our fearless trio. Uh, they're coming into the museum after dark with their flashlights and, you know, looking around. And they figured out um, in the daytime, this big statue that looked like, uh, I guess, for Titus was resurrected in the middle of the museum. And they're like, okay, that must be where the vault is underneath it. So they're trying to figure out an entryway. And then I guess Montrose has the bright idea about looking at the moon coming through the window to turn off the light, the flashlights. And then we see this, you know, obvious line from the moon lights hitting certain angles um, to the map that's on the wall. And then it hits a part of the statue and Letty um, touches it and it opens a door. So, um, of course, Tick goes down first and we see a, um, what was it, a saying that said, um, beware all that enter or walk the path, the tide always rises. So, of course, you know, clearly there's some water down here. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm going to tell you before we deep dive into this. I was just hoping because I already knew it was an Indiana Jones episode. I was like, please don't let there be snakes. Please don't let there be snakes. Please don't let there be snakes. And I'm so glad that we did not encounter snakes. And I I just want to say that, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, thank you, everybody in Love Care Country, for not putting snakes in this episode because it would have tormented my (laughs) co-host. I probably wouldn't have finished it. I might have looked at it through, like, Close eyes and just be like, skip it. Like, if what you, is going on? If you saw Tick with a damn dick as a uh, snake as a dick, you you okay? You're fine. No, but that was, but like I told everybody, that was CGI. So it was like, I get it. Like it's fake. But like when I see snakes and you know that's like normal sizes, <laughs> that that would have freaked me out. So again, thank you, creative team, because um, they could have did a lot down here, but they didn't. Um, so Tick goes down, like I said, he sees this this saying, and he's, he's you know, yells up to them, hey, we need the map, and Letitia fucking lures. <laughs> she, she she breaks the glass, gets the map, and Macho's like, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, we, I said. I told him we were going to touch that. <laughs> and I don't know me, and I, 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 I lost myself in the moment because it was, you know, Again, a, a TV show. I was like, the alarm ain't go off, but this 1955. Yeah, you know, damn alarm. The <laughs> so, alarm's that fucking guard. That's the alarm. <laughs> Shit. So, um, Letitia, of course, she jumps on the rope and jumps down. Now, Jeff, I know you laugh. When Montrose was sliding down that rope. <laughs> he sound like me. He sound like me falling now. I make a whole lot of noise. He said, oh, Jesus. <laughs> shoot. Oh, 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 damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Don't touch me. <laughs> he, said, he said, I got it. <laughs> that man was so, hurting. With his dress shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, like I said, definitely the Indiana um, Jones theme episode. But we come to this plank over this ominous cave and foggy background. We don't know what's at the end of this this plank. But um, Tick, you know, immediately starts tying the rope around Letty's waist. And, you know, everybody's nervous, but they're adventurers, so they're ready to go. Um, but we could tell Letty is 
a little nervous and she's like, is this rope going to hold? Is this not going to hold? And Montrose goes into this big spiel about, you know, a knot that's been handed down by his ancestors and slavery and no horses ever got loose because they knew they was going to get beat. And so, you know, it gave her a little confidence. And once she's out of earshot, um, <laughs> it's clear that they're not, they're not descendants of slaves because Tick makes a comment and Montrose is like, but she out there, ain't she? And I thought that was, you know, interesting because we all do that. We try to make people confident, <laughs> like, you know, is you know, knowing that all of us scared. But um, so we see Letty kind of walk in and she thought, I guess it was um, what is it called? Um, it slipped my mind, but basically the pendulum came down and it's like this big giant axe on it. So she starts screaming and Tick comes out there. And so now we leave poor Montrose at the entryway holding the rope. I don't know if I would trust him holding both of us, but <laughs> <laughs> the way he climbed down the rope, I'm not sure. That man was old as hell. Shit hurts. <laughs> shit don't shit ain't shit ain't shit don't work like they used to. <laughs> so we get back to Tick and Letty and you know, they figure they gotta time it. So, you know, they get Letty, you know, untie the rope and Letty has a jump and it's a success. Um, but as soon as she does this, we see that the plank magically is starting to disappear and Montrose in. So Montrose starts yelling for Tick. So Tick got to go back to where he started and we see, you know, the plank is disappearing. <laughs> so clearly Montrose has to make this big jump. <laughs> he is very proud of himself. And so Tick is like, throw me the bag first. And in true form, the bag falls. You <laughs> so, better catch me, boy. <laughs> yeah, even in this situation, Montrose is still trying to bully. You better catch me, boy. <laughs> okay, what you gonna do if I don't? You gonna die, motherfucker. <laughs> so either way, Montrose makes the jump, which he really, he ran, he, he walked back and ran forward. So he... In them dress shoes. That's all I sure he well, you know you know where it really would have happened. That bitch would have slid. Oh <laughs> so they are now at this point all three are on this plank that's disappearing. Um and those were church shoes in nineteen fifties. You know that motherfucker would have slid off that shit. <laughs> you really think about it. I had I just thought about that shit. I was like, that's the fifties. You know he was sliding. <laughs> so so they get closer to that to the pendulum again, and you know they're timing it. And as soon as Tick jumped through it, uh, Montrose—I don't even think he thought about it. He just <laughs> he just went right after the Tick. It didn't matter at this point. But we see that it gets closer and closer and closer to them. You know the pl- the the plank is disappearing. So then they hit this wall where it's like um, stone that, that is pushed in. So clearly it's a code. So they got to figure out the password. And Montrose, again, Mr. Hidden Knowledge, he references that quote that we saw at the beginning of the episode, you know, God made Edom, um, Adam, Adam, um, and Eve fucked, um, Eve got, sm- um, God smite Eve, I don't know the whole saying, but clearly Montrose repeated it, and it got them through the the wall. And of course, now Letty and Tick are looking at him sideways, but we really don't have too much time to, like, again, digest things. Like Jeff said, I think on the last review, we don't have time to sit with things. Like, you you just got to do it right. Yeah. 
Oh, but on that plank, uh, Letty, what the fuck is going on back there? <laughs> yeah, because all she hear is Macho screaming, Tick screaming, <laughs> talking about jump. <laughs> she was no. so mad. What the fuck is going on back there? <laughs> Nobody knew what anybody was doing at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Thankfully, they get through the, the wall, and then you know, and like I said, here we come with the water. So now it's high, but we see the water, their feet, and stuff like that. And that again, Jeff, I was like, please no snakes, please no snakes, please no snakes. Um, but they're walking, and um, you can see that Tick is like ready to get where he need to go, and um. Letty and Montrose is kind of like trailing it. They're close behind, but you could tell they're like, you know, kind of behind it. Even again, Montrose fashion, you know, you go, did the army teach you to leave a man behind? And so, so Tick kind of turns around with attitude. He was like, no, they didn't teach me that. I ain't never left a man behind. And you, again, we see this dynamic between them. And it's like, I don't know if we're waiting for it to explode or not, but it's definitely close. And so, so Letty is like, you know, looking at them back and forth and then finally Tick broaches the subject of like, how did you know how to get through that password? What, what aren't you telling us? So Montrose finally admits that, you know, Uncle George gave him bylaws and he burned it. And Letty and Tick are like, why would you do that? What, what, what is the point of that? He was like, he told me to protect you, but your stubborn ass keep doing this and you just won't stop. And... So we see that dynamic, I guess, of him trying to protect Tick, but we don't, we, we may not agree with the way he's trying to protect him, but, you know. Doing it the best way he know how. Yeah, he's doing the best he can with what he got. Um, so Tick kind of like is still trying to be the leader. And at this point, Letty is also frustrated because clearly they got some, they, they haven't resolved issues. Like I said, episode three, just because you had sex don't mean you ain't, you, the issue that was still there is, you know, disappeared. So then we see this, this frustration between them. And she was like, can you stop acting like everything's happening to you? He got kidnapped and I died. Like, just stop. Like, this ain't all about you. Right. Which needed to be said because in his mind, oh, it's all about me. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing this by myself. And it's like, no, we're, we're all in this together. Cause this shit is crazy. Yeah, and and I think that was like what he needed to hear at that point. Like, um, bro, we've been helping you this whole time. Slow your roll. Um, but either way, so Letty kind of swims off and you know going ahead and you know looking. Um, the one thing, and I, I don't want to touch big on it, but did you notice when the body floated by? She said, "I think that's one of my neighbors that went missing." Yeah. I'm confused at that. Maybe I need to go back because when I I remember episode three, maybe there was just two bodies in that basement of the two white boys, and I'm not sure. But I thought we saw all three white boys die. No, prior to I, I thought they said prior. I thought prior to that, not the ones that they killed. Um, that came in the house, but what? what, what shit, I'm confused. I thought they said some people went missing before that. Okay, and again, we can research that after. In fact, that that was the only thing right there that threw me off because I was like, it was another neighbor, and he went searching. Oh, maybe papers too. Maybe it was just one of those bodies that just floated by because, as we get going, you'll see where we end up at. So, yeah. So, 
So, like I said, Letty at this point is irritated by Tick and Montrose. I think she just, as as Let- Letitia fucking Lewis, I'm just go ahead and do this myself. So, she goes ahead a little bit and starts swimming. And Montrose and um, Tick have a little father, father-son moment talking about his mother. Um, and just, you know, again, I think Montrose is struggling. Again, it could be the homosexuality or it could be just, you know, that uncle george aspect just talking about you know loving tick's mother and dealing with that and that he needs to go apologize to letty and it was a cute little moment in the moment you know yeah something something we say um just hum or sing your favorite song and when it's over um, you get back to what y'all need to do which is loving so I thought it was a cute little moment and Tick touches his shoulder like, I get it, Dad. I get it, you know. And then we hear Letty saying, hey, I think I found it. And so... <laughs> Wait a minute. We got to talk about the elephant in the room. Because oh, this whole time, Montrose is cold as a bitch. This motherfucker has been shivering his ass off. <laughs> and I'm like, no, nah, Michael K. Williams is cold as fuck. He's, he's still giving you what you got, but he's like... <laughs> Just shaking. I was like, God damn. <laughs> he was like, I need to go. He done had problems since we climbed down the rope. So you got to give him a little, yeah. little credit. I just he thought just, that shit was funny. He just slid down the rope. He done had to jump over a plank. He almost fell. It's just a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So Letty, um, um, I guess we appear, we see this wall and it has all these symbols and, and we see a uh, arm hanging out of it underneath the water and you know Macho's like is that arm it's like so you know long story short clearly again Indiana Jones fashion you got to put your hand in the wall and you know I'm a fan of those movies go see them if y'all haven't seen them um so um Tick puts on the ring that he got from the ritual in episode two and you kind of see him looking at Letty and uh, Macho's like okay I don't know if this gonna work but we gonna we gonna figure this out. So he puts his arm in, and <laughs> we have a moment of fear. And I think this was pure D fear um, because it clamps down on his arm to take some blood. Which of course we know this is a big thing with this lineage and you know who what blood runs through you. Um, and we see it fill up in the wall, and I guess it's like some DNA test, um, ancient DNA test, um, and eventually Tick is like, no, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And we see the symbols light up and we get in. And this is not your ordinary vault. Um, it turns out that it's like a ship. Um, and I guess it's the last ship that Titus came um, back to America from, from visiting the Caribbeans and things like that. And of course, you know, clearly he was uh, um, from episode two, a big slave what they called cargo, um, he dealt with that. So clearly we know that this was probably a slave ship and what have you. But we get into it and there's, you know, air to breathe and everything, but it's a very mummified um, presentation of what looks like to be tribe leaders and, you know, women holding babies, but they're all skeletal and mummified sitting at this table. So it's kind of a moment just to catch our breath and be like, what the hell is going on? Um, this some deep shit. I don't know what we need to be doing down here. 
But, you know, our trio slowly walks and they see this bigger room, like room to the back. Um, and there's all these papers on the desk. And there's this mummified um, figure that kind of has their hand on these papers. So they clearly know that they found the lost papers that Titus has hidden. Um, Jeff, I'm going to let you explain this scene because um, for a moment I was scared. But I don't know how you took it. Uh, as soon as they start uh, and grab the papers, this... I was a bones. I don't know what it was, but it starts transforming and it turns out that it's a woman. Um, I'm not sure the best way to explain this. It's so, a hermaphrodite. Okay. That's the correct term, medical term. Um, yeah. But she is an ancient being. Um, and another actual factual moment of, uh, if you do research, um, actually in a lot of um, Indian um, cultures and, you know, Caribbeans and things, they were called dual spirits. And Tick goes into that when he starts talking to her. But that really is what it was, is that they were both man and female at the same time. But it was revered. It wasn't looked at as as a... Um, abnormality like some people may look at it now it was actually that that person must be holy or you know a spiritual a spirit sent here to us so yeah so they show that um yeah they showed everything yeah it's the full frontal and and she's actually um another tidbit because like i said i research a lot of stuff she's actually a um true um the actress that portrays Yaima, um, she's actually transgender. So she, but she believes in having flowing spirits of man and woman. So I thought that was interesting that it brought someone into the story that truly lives that life, not necessarily has two sexual organs, but that's really how she identifies herself in real life. So, um, Basically, we get this concept. She comes back to life and, you know, she's magic. We find out that Titus had trapped her into this boat because she helped him translate the papers before she realized that he wasn't a good person, like his spirit wasn't good. And they kind of reflective of the, the relationship that Native Americans had with the white people coming to America. They welcomed them with open arms only to get diseases and pushed out of their their countries. Um, so no surprise there. Um, but that's basically what happened between her and Titus. And instead of letting her go, he trapped her there with the papers. So the one thing that stood out was Letty and Montrose was like, how do you understand her? So I assume that through this Braithwaite legacy and lineage, Clearly, he understands that language as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. So, you know, and also because of that ritual, we don't know what type of power got transferred to to Tick either. You yeah. know, because I have no idea. Because it's funny because you know you go back and you know, um, uh, what's the white uh, white woman name? Christina. Christina. She told me if you want to learn, you know, <laughs> you know, pretty much come find me because I'm sure that. Tick can do things that he's not really don't know about right now. 
Right. And so, again, that that may be something that we look forward to, you know, in, in more episodes. But it was just interesting how he just off the bat understood this ancient lady and nobody else could. So they finally figure out, like, let's take her with us. Let's get the papers. They head out. Um, they come by an elevator that they saw coming in. Um, so they get into it. Letitia fucking Lewis saves the day because the papers float away for a little while, but she gets, she swims and she gets the pay, you know, the papers and they get, all get in the elevator. But as soon as they leave like that level of water, um, Yaima, the ancient spirit, she starts screaming and it's like high pitch. And I don't know what made him do this, um, but tick punch her <laughs> to knock her out to stop her screaming i mean like, it worked but i'm like that was your first thought bro uh, but either way so we see you know success um we don't we don't know what happened to tree hippolyta diana at this point but they made it out of the museum safely okay so we're not gonna talk about it then are you just avoiding the elephant in the room um we, we can keep going you no, no 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 did that el- that was the- that was Letitia's elevator, right? And see, that's what I was going back to is maybe that was the body. Because now if I think about it, in episode three, we technically didn't see Letty and them get the three bodies. So did the spirits take them down to the bottom, bottom of that house or what we thought was the bottom? Well, I'm going to tell you why that sticks out. Because Hippolyta said, I don't know how they got back home. Right. Which I I figure this elevator is a portal. Um, transportation. Yeah. Transport, either transportation back home or whatever. Because I was just like, wait a minute. Because when I first saw it, I was like, are they back? Are they back at Letitia's um, um, house? Which which makes sense, which then goes back to then, yes, that probably was one of the three. That's probably why she didn't even know the three went missing because, remember, they were in the basement exercising the, de- the, the evil ghost. So I think through all this magical stuff, those three white boys that got killed got placed in that basement basement with the symbols. Because remember, I said, why would they put them down there? Mm-hmm. But it makes sense because now... And then I guess the third body got caught in the elevator and went down to this vault and then was in the in the water. And that's when Letitia was like, oh, I guess that's one of those neighbors that went missing. See, all of it connects. See, mm, yeah. When you have when you start talking about it, it's an aha moment, like, oh, snap. But yeah, so okay, that makes perfect sense. But then that goes to my point. If we had known that all they had to do was go in the elevator and get to the vault. <laughs> but they didn't that was know. a waste of tripping gas. That was a it waste. It was. That's what I was thinking <laughs> afterwards. I was like, uh, you know this could have been just easier going down, just hitting the elevator going all the way down. <laughs> to the to the elevator. And it could have went to Boston. That's crazy. So I don't know when this elevator gonna send us anywhere else. That'll be interesting. Um, but before we get to the very end of the show, I, um, I want to skip to when we catch back up to Hippolyta and Diana, like Jeff mentioned, when Diana was like, you know, how in the world did they get back to Chicago? We see them in Willie, which is the station wagon driving. Um, and we see Diana drawing on the map and, you know, from previous episodes, we knew she liked to draw these, um, comics and things on the maps that uncle George took on the travel trips. 
Um, and so Hippolyta is like, where did you find that? And she was like, oh, in the you know glove compartment. And she sees Devon County circled, which is where they ended up at with the um, vampire beast with the 12, 15 eyes and the racist sheriff. And clearly adventurism runs in this family, despite whatever side they're on. Um, because at that point, Hippolyta is like, makes a U-turn and she's like, we're going to find answers. So to Jeff's point again, there's a little bit more to Hippolyta that we know, and she's clearly not going to give up this something is going on, you know, mentality. So I hope she don't run into, you know, those things, but, you know, who's to say more to come on that part? Yeah, because it's only her and her daughter out there. Yeah, but she might be a real one and, you know, shoot and ask questions later. So we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. And don't forget, they still have the time travel machine with them as well. Right. Um, well, actually, I don't think she brought it with her. But I but think I it's still know. at the... They never said. They never So we don't, don't know. know. The way she snuck it out of Letty House is probably in there. <laughs> uh, so um, now we go back to our trio who are safely back in Chicago. Um and we see, you know, them talking in the hallway, uh, Mantra Olsen tick about, you know, we got to teach her English because it'll probably be easier to just write it down versus trying to, you know, trans, you know, translate it in the original form. And they're kind of like, you're like, okay, they're on the same page, you know, I guess Montrose has given up this fight of stopping tick because it's clearly not working. So we tick, we see tick walk away and we see Montrose walk to the room and kind of have a smile on his face. It's a subtle smile. It's not a big one. Um, and then he closes the door. And so at that moment, I didn't think anything of it, but I thought of it, you know, I was like, what you close the doors for? Like, we don't do that around here. Um, <laughs> but we see again, the dual spirit Yaima sitting there and she's kind of like calm. She isn't yelling. So I guess she learned quickly that, she shouldn't be screaming because what we also find as um, Tick explains is that when Titus trapped her, he turned her into a siren. So even if she was able to get out of that ship by some chance, she wouldn't be able to talk above water. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's basically, I guess they talked about that and that's why she wasn't yelling and screaming. But we see Montro slowly walk, you know, around to her and he stands behind her and he leans over and he go whispers in her ear. He says, I'm sorry. And he slits her, th- her throat. Now, I'm all for burning books, you know, to stop tick. But he just killed somebody. Yes, he did. We don't know why. And ladies and gentlemen, the credits come on. Mm-hmm. So, As so they yeah. should. As they should. Keep us <laughs> asking going. questions explanation there's nothing um yeah so clearly Montrose hasn't given up on stopping tick and by any means necessary at this point um so I don't know how this is gonna pan out because clearly you can't hide it um it's not like she just walked away um I don't know how that's going in and if you already thought they had a strenuous relationship before um, I think even Letty is going to have an issue with Montrose at this point. So, 
yeah, I don't know. And I don't know how well Tree went on to Philly because he said he was going to Philadelphia. But so I guess we'll see Tree later on. Um, but yeah, everybody's kind of on their mini mini adventures now. So definitely can't wait to episode five. Yeah, I definitely can. And I think, um, we are, we are looking at a show that I think, and I hope has a lot of legs. Cause I mean, this episode is only supposed, I mean, this season is only supposed to be eight, eight, eight episodes or 10 episodes. I'm not sure. I think it's 10. So the way they have everybody now, it's like, okay, so we have the three, the trio doing their thing. And now you have Ruby with her, you know, side. And now you have Hippolyta and her daughter with their side. So it's just like, this thing has a lot of legs to keep going. And I don't know how far they want to go. Cause sometimes, you know, these creators like, okay, we're going to stop at season three or we're going to stop at season two. You know, we told our story. Um, but I just find it really interesting how everything is set up now. It's like the chessboard is set up and everybody's playing their part now. Everybody's is on their own adventure and everybody's trying to find out something or look for something. And I just I really enjoyed it because it's not just dominated by men and it's not just dominated by women. And you also have, you know, Christina out there doing her thing. So it's like mm-hmm. a lot of moving pieces and you just don't know. It's more questions than answers, and I always love watching shows like that because I want to keep asking questions like, why is this? And when is it? And then the next episode is like, it throw me all off. So I just thought, like I said, I really didn't consider this episode four as a filler more than just a lot of information that we're going to need to know. Exactly. And I'm even more convinced that my theory is correct with the dual spirit at the end, at the end, Yaima, that Christina and William are the same people and that Titus created that, that spell yeah. that, you know, people could change from men to women. I'm convinced now. Yep. You. Yep. You really <laughs> messed me up with that one. I wasn't ready for that one. And it didn't even come to my mind thinking about that. And now just looking at how they look even going back to when they um episode two, it was like, okay, you'll get one scene with him, um William, and then you get one scene with her, but you never saw them interact. And it was like, well, why did these two people never never yep. in the same place? And remember, remember, um, not to keep going, but remember in episode two when Tick asked Christina, he was like, What, is that your boyfriend? And she was like, <laughs> Um, he's a boy and he's my friend. That's it. So I think she thought almost that he knew, mm-hmm. but she didn't spell it at that point. But I, I'm convinced they're the same people. This is why I, this is why I podcast people. This is why I like to do shows and stuff like this because my mind is blown right now. But uh, I think we can close out right there. Uh, if you want to check me out on social media, you know where it's at, Jeff versus the world on Twitter and Facebook. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at the real Jeff versus the world. Uh, if you want to follow Tiffany, you can, you can choose not to, she's not heavily involved in Twitter. But Let's not even lie. I'm not even like dipping toes in Twitter. Yeah, so she's apologies. Not. Um, I'm more of a poet. Um, Jeff will tell you. So if you guys like sayings, if y'all like, you know, memes and things like that, you can definitely follow me um, at Instagram, and it's quiet underscore storm 80. Um, I 
pretty much post heavily there. But other than that, um, Twitter, sometimes, yeah, nay, but I'm not even going to lie to the people. But again, Instagram, it's quiet, um, Q-U-I-E-T underscore storm, S-T-O-R-M 80. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Instagram might be where you want to check her out. She put infectious, joyous pictures of, her, of herself <laughs> smiling. Um <laughs> <laughs> that I always just put joy under it. <laughs> but anyway, you had to heard enough of us today. Uh, check us out next week, episode number five. Until then, we are out. Be safe. Peace. Later.